Hello, my name is Alexander Kraus. Alex was joined. Hey, for too short. And welcome to Big Tall Boys. The dirt says hot. The label says big, tall boys. It's very exciting. It's very exciting. It's a podcast. It's a show. You're listening. We're translating information. And that's ultimately... <laughs> It's ultimately what this generation is missing, isn't it? You know, it's that connection. It's that parasocial relationship. And it's what my goal has always been. I want you to see me as your best friend. And so when I pass away, you'll care about me. That's been the goal the entire time is I want to make sure that people care when I'm gone. And I know that may sound grim and dark, but I just, I need that. I need that right now in my life. So... That's cool. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty cool. It's, what is this show? Big Tall Boy. Obviously you must know at this point. You know what? If you don't know what this podcast is and what exactly is going on, I think at this point, I don't care. Like, I think at this point, go listen to a different episode where I explain it. I think you can, I think you can get it. I think you can get it just through osmosis. I think you can get it as we just talk and discuss various things. I don't need you, you don't need the recap every single time. I don't need to keep holding your hand is the thing. A lot of times you create something and you set up a premise and you have this idea and this concept and all this stuff. And people come in at the last minute, they show up late, their hair's in a mess. They're holding a big, you know, they're holding a big bag with a, you know, full of, full of coffees and whatnot. And it's like, (laughs) you're late. You can't be asking what's going on. This is on you, man. If you want to know what's going on, you should have been a day one Okay? This is, we're like, I think this is the 50th episode of the show. Y- you should know what's going on. And actually, with that 50th episode, we're going to be doing something a little bit special. What? Excuse me, special? Yeah, we're going to be doing something special. What's that special thing I'm going to be doing? I was looking back at some past episodes, reminiscing, looking back on all my little flubs and dubs and funnies and gunnies. And it's just, it's nice. It's nice to hear your own voice said back to you. I know some people don't like that, but obviously if you're making 50 episodes of a show where you're just the only person talking, you must be obsessed with yourself. And it is no secret I am self-obsessed. I have a problem and the only medicine is my own voice. And while listening back, I came to this Right, I came to this uh, observation is there was this particular episode that when I listened back to it, I was like, you know what? I just loved doing that one and I want to do it again. I feel like that might be a theme of the new year is I'm throwing out a lot of these premises and sometimes I repeat some things, you know, fan mail and whatnot, but there's some premises that I just lo- I loved doing so much and I, 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 I miss them. I miss them. They're my little baby boy. They're my little baby bountiful boy. Okay. Press their stomach and they burp. I love them. I love them so much and I want to be able to revisit them. So here we go. I'm going to be doing it. This is like a sequel to a previous episode concept. Previously, I did an episode called Copy Pitch, play of uh, copy paste. And I, you know, it was some, it was some uh, copy that I had to read for various advertising avenues. And this time I'm coming back at it again with this episode and I'm throwing out the title straight away. And if this doesn't make the cut <laughs> in the title somehow, then this is going to sound crazy. It's going to sound weird that I'm saying this, but this episode is cut copy, pitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. These are the pitches that didn't quite make 
the cut. These are the ones that didn't quite make it through onto the podcast feed for various reasons over the past year. I've, you know, I previously reached out to various sponsors. I've talked to various advertisers. And in talking with these individuals, um, you know, sometimes you don't get your foot in the door. Sometimes you start talking and your foot ends up in your mouth and things go a little bit south and you lose that connection you had with Skittles and Volkswagen and, uh, you know, and Dolce, Dolce Cabana, you know, you're talking to them, you're in a meeting, your hair's in a frazzle and it's like, what, you're going to get mad at me because I'm late? Who would do that? I'm just, I'm slightly late. I got my bag of coffees. It's no reason for you to get frustrated or anything, okay? I'm Cool. I'm chill. I'm here, Dolce. I'm here, Dolce and Gabbana. I assume they were two people. So I'm going to go through some of these pictures, some of these cop, uh, some of these copy. I'm going to go through some of this copy, some of the things that these advertisers have asked me to read in the past that were previously supposed to be the advertisers in previous episodes, but were cut due to my working relationship. I might share some details of how things went uh, south with some of these entities, and that's pretty much. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the whole premise. I think it's been set. I think it makes sense. I think if you're confused at all, you can probably... Maybe you have to rewind. Maybe you have to rewind. I can't keep recapping everything over and over again. There's some episodes of the show where I'm just saying the same thing like 20 times over because you weren't listening. And it's it's unfair to the rest of the listeners that I have to keep repeating myself, okay? So if you... You know what? If you want to discuss it, if you listen to this whole episode and you're like, I still don't get it, reach out. Okay, <laughs> big tall boys, big tall boys at gmail.com. Like, reach out to the email, reach out on the social thing. I'll like, I'll re explain the episode and we'll go over it. We'll get a coffee and we'll sit down and we'll just make sure that, like, you're okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk through everything. And I don't know, like, maybe afterwards we could, I don't know, like, hang out, uh, like, uh, in my place and we could, like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm being silly, but. And then maybe like we could go for another coffee and that time you can pay for things. And then we could be even. <laughs> and then we can be even. Because I'm, I'm sick and tired of taking these listeners on, uh, you know, coffee outings. And I pay for absolutely everything because I want to impress them. I want them to be like, you're a fan of me and I want to impress them. So here's what we're going to do is if we go get a coffee, we're going twice. That's my new rule. If we're getting a coffee, we're going twice and I'm paying for the coffees on the first visit and you're paying for coffees on the second visit, okay? And then we're even, we're squared off and we're done. We can go our separate ways knowing that we're not betrayed anybody's trust and we haven't stolen any money from uh, somebody who I thought, well, you know, you maybe respected me and then you respect me less because I was able to uh, put out money. Uh, for a coffee exchange. Let's jump into the, let's jump into the, let's jump into the whole thing. Let's do it. Bring, 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 bring. Is that someone saying the word bring? Or is that a phone ringing off the bleeding hook? You better answer because Dodo is calling. Dodo is a phone power internet and gas service that hopes to deliver you fast, affordable, built entertainment. We've come to realize that Dodo, the only way to get people eggs interested is to try to coin a new portmanteau buzzwordle. So hopefully, one of these will get your wall lettuce out and your mouth drew links awakening. Joy full of it. Loving room. Electrician Tiffany. Julian C. Sir. 
We have a problem. Eggs over the moon, boot and rally. Clockwork king of England, the plane. Into Ark of the Convenient. Sim papal statue of Lee Brown, Pantai one office spaceship of Theseus. Agreementalist on ABC. Couraged careening off a cliff of my Ford Mustango, my girl by my side of chips. Social of my former self, Fee-Fi-Fo-Fum-Bully. One dermatologist. Beautiful of yourself, get off your high or shaloob. Liver built diff rental property for sale ad with extra Deborah Messing. And of course, <laughs> Tech knock knock come introduct for John McClane to crawl through the eye of the needing Dora Miso super mushroom for the couch. Maybe we should blow out the Wallace and Gromit. Dodo, good with words, better with essential service road blockage. <laughs> of course, that is, of course, that is some copy that I was asked to read by Dodo, and things sort of fell through with me in them. I, you know, here's the, here's the whole scope of it, and I, I actually, this is really important. I'd love to be able to talk about this before the news kind of breaks, before deadline threatens me, and I have to, you know, I, I need to get my story out before things kind of become problematic in the public sphere. I did go to meet with a representative of Dodo. Um, I went into the office. We sat down. I brought uh, project my own projector. Um, I brought it through help from um, a, a close friend. You may know him. His name is Gary Clements. And I, I set up the projector and I started talking through the points of why you should hire me. And, you know, I, you know, they'd already sent the copy there previously. They said I didn't need to do this whole presentation, but I was like, no, I need to make sure you know my brand and you know what my audience is. I don't want your message to get misconstrued. So I pulled down a little projector screen that I was kind of struggling with for about five minutes. Some people tried to help me out, which actually only infuriated me more because it was like, excuse me, I know what I'm doing. I didn't show up. Like, I know, <laughs> I know how to pull down a blind. Okay. So I... Eventually, I got it kind of cinched down, but it, it, it kept rising. It was like there was no final point to pulling down of the screen. It just kept rolling back up. So I had to weigh it down. So I started like grabbing out things from my pockets, like keys and wallets and whatnot, kind of like pinning the bottom of this projector screen. And I started displaying the information. And I was like, look, Dodo is an amazing brand. It's it, it's servicing internet, gas, electricity, phone. It's got everything a person can need, but what does it not have? And I pointed to the screen that it completely rolled up at this point and the projector was then shooting through a window on the behind the projector screen and getting right in the eyes of the CEO. And this, this did not bode well for me. Soon the CEO was in the room and up until this point, I had done a big trick. Up until this point, I'd pulled off everything perfectly. I had through email correspondence and voice filters come across as an individual who was perhaps Tom Cruise, okay? I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I did it. But over the phone, I was able to sound like through the use of filters and a lot of folly work that I was mid-stunt. So it sounded like, hey, this guy is definitely Tom Cruise. I called and it sounded like I was on the side of a plane trying to pull off a sick stunt. It sounded like I was dangling off from a helicopter doing a sick stunt. It sounded like I was in some sort of fighter pilot jet zooming across the, uh, you know, zooming across the terrain. And they thought, hey, this guy must be Tom Cruise. But let me tell you, let me tell you, and this is the burden I've had to bear for my entire life is when they the CEO walked into the room and they saw my face. It was the moment I realized, hey, there's no way of getting out of this. I'm going to have to come clean. I'm going to have to admit to some things. And at that point, I went, the only way out of this is to say that I'm Simon Pegg. So I... 
I put out my hand to shake and I introduced myself. I said, oh, you know, I'm, oh, I'm Simon Pig, you know, or oh, uh, fish and chips. And I was trying to do like a really, really um, butchered, uh, butchered British accent. And the CEO took insult to this because how was I to know that they were best friends with Simon Pegg? I went, <laughs> it's complete bullshit. Is in any other circumstance, this Simon Pegg uh, last ditch effort would have completely worked. But the problem was that they were best friends with Simon Pegg. I noticed it straight away. I went to shake their hands and I saw back through that very window, a picture of the CEO shaking hands with their best friend, Simon Pegg. And it was like, okay, I'm in trouble now. So I backpedaled and I was like, oh, I forgot who I am. I'm actually Nick Frost. Uh, I played Santa in that episode of Doctor Who. Did not go over well. Uh, turns out that Nick Frost was present in the room. And the only reason I had said Nick Frost is one of those, you know, quickly think of a name things. And I was like, I'm Nick uh, Frost. And I just looked at Nick and then I looked around the room again. I saw him again sitting there and went, Frost. At which point Nick Frost went, okay, mate, let's, you know, let's calm down. I don't know why Nick Frost was even in the room at Dodo. I think he's there for some sort of brand. You know what? Actually, can I be honest about this? Can I be really honest about this? I think, I think what was happening is they brought in several people that were potentially going to get the job. And I know I said that I was, you know, I went in there on my own volition. But I think, I think they put out a call and they brought in several people. And I was like the, I was the fluffer, you know, for lack of a better term. That's what I was. I was in the room to show, to be there, to do my little pitch. And then afterwards, Nick Frost was going to take over and they would be like, yeah, okay. I think we know who we're going with. I think it was a setup. I think it was this thing. And I'm pretty pissed about that, but I'm ultimately, I'm just happy to be considered. I think in this business of podcasting uh, copy work, it can be a little bit rough. You go into these rooms and there's just podcasters everywhere. You're sitting there with all these other people. I mean, Obama, Springsteen, they're sitting there and they're just, they're salivating at the idea of getting Dodo. That is the height of their career if they can book Dodo. So they're there, they're nervous, they're scratching their necks, they're, you know, fumbling with their scripts and whatnot. And sometimes you get used and abused and you're just there to fluff up uh, you know, to flop up a uh, I- individual that's going to then be completely ecstatic to see Nick Frost. So, you know, it's fine. Ultimately, it's fine. And I'm cool with it. So that's all cool. Let's jump into the next one. Do you bleed to read? Then boy, howdy, do we have advice for you. It's books. Books are very much like pamphlets, but instead of being small and containing mostly confronting information about why you should get a vasectomy, a book isn't given to you by your wife. No, books come from stores and are chosen by you to engage the wider world and discover internal truths. Pamphlets sit in waiting rooms until a woman decides that you need to become less of a man apropos of nothing. Oh, You want me to remove my reproductive rights just because my seed has consistently created demon spawn? Well, maybe you should tell that to others in my lustful cornucopia. I don't see you going to the mayor's house and saying, stop fornicating with my husband in the old church. I don't see you talking to the camp counselor and saying, stop exploring each other's bodies in the nun graveyard. I don't see you pleading with our rental property agent to stop ramming me in a broken ring of salt. Life is good, and sex is life, and my ability to be who I am should not be hindered by four measly end times. We got through each of them together with one intact penis, and we can get through another with one healthy slong. Penguin Publishing. It's a book, not an aggressively placed pamphlet on your car bonnet when you want to go fucking a mosh pit. Now, 
Penguin, I love you. I love you to death. You actually released some of the greatest books of all time. I don't know if you, I don't know how you keep doing it. It's every time I see that little orange paperback, it's like, whoa, Penguin published this? How did they get the rights to this one? I thought they seemed to just get everybody all together. How is this even possible? Is you somehow just get all of the good ones. You know, you get, you get, you get, you get the out of the deal. <laughs> you, get, you get all the good, you get all. You get every single book that I've ever held near and dear to my heart is a Penguin publishing thing. So obviously I was excited to be able to work with you to discover, you know, what our relationship can be like, but... Yeah, so this one, this one actually really hurt because I think out of all publishers, I was most excited. And I should say this before it gets out there, before Vanity Fair gets a hold of this and starts spreading vicious rumors. Yes, I was present at a book burning. I'll, let, let me start with that. I was present and I, I apologize, but it wasn't my intention. Here's the thing. Yes, it was a book burning. Did it start out as a book burning? No, it started out as a gathering. It started out as a gathering of like-minded people who were just hanging out. And it wasn't intended to be a book burning. It's the thing. I just, I wanted, I wanted friends. So I set out online and I was like, look, let's just do like a barbecue. Let's just do one barbecue where we just get all of our friends together. I can man the grill. I'm pretty good at it. And people can think of me as like the roast master. I'm in control of the whole environment and people have to engage with me. If they want food, then they're going to have to come up and request food. If they want a burger, I'm your man. If you want a sausage, I'm the guy, okay? I'm in charge of the grill, and so you must engage with me. And what ended up happening is some people were a little bit upset. I, I continuously made a lot of jokes about the meat that was being served out. I was like, wow, you're looking like you are looking like you could need a sausage. You're looking like you could need a little patty between your two little buns. And I don't think... I don't think the crowd was happy with me. I don't think they were. I was like, wow, tofu looks like you, you know, you're too full of yourself thinking that you, you know, you can really stay true to your vegan ways. <laughs> I was pretty fucking rude. I'll be honest. I was, I was being a bit much. So people were a little bit off put and they wanted something to throw at me. And as it turns out, there wasn't very much things nearby, except for we were in a park where we we're doing the barbecuing and there was some sort of, uh, you know, reading circle that was occurring. So people were like, we need to throw something. Something needs to be thrown at this man. And above all other morals that we hold dear in our, it's like the trolley problem, right? Is would you rather the roast master continue to make really, you know, really terrible puns about who you are as a person and you know they just get away with it or would you want to steal somebody's book to throw it at this individual and perhaps perhaps and perhaps this happens perhaps the book ricochets off of them lands on the grill and ignites in a burning blaze that takes out i want to say 80 books of war and peace and 1984 and various other um various other literatures and yeah. Okay. So they chose and they're like, no, it's actually, it's actually better to be the person who is in charge of the lever. It's actually better to be the one who, you know, cast the first book. Cause if I don't cast the first book, he's going to keep going. He's going to keep mentioning things about the meat in comparisons to who we are as people. So they threw the book, book started to get burned. Um, journalists in, yeah, it's bloody journalists is they, they were in the bushes. They were taking photos of, I don't know what, I guess foliage was the best, next best thing. I don't know what they were doing there, but they started taking photos of me. Um, and here's the thing. I was trying to put, I was trying to put the books out. 
is ultimately I was trying to put the books out, but when you take a photo, it doesn't look like that. Is when you got your hand ready to, I don't know how fire works. So I was like, I'll hit it. So I'm like raising my hand, I'm going to hit the fire. And what it looked like was that I was praising the fire. It looked like I had both my hands up and I was screaming in celebration, like, oh, be to he, praise the fire before thee. And it's not fair. And that's that's the title they went with. All be to he, praise the fire before he, burn the, uh, you know, the book, the book burner. Burn the book burner is what they were saying, which is really good. That's 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 like actually inciting. I'm pretty upset with the Herald Sun boys. I don't think they could say burn the book burner. That's 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 a call to action to the crowd. Like that's fucked. So I'm pretty pissed about that. But obviously Penguin pulled out and they're not happy with they, they weren't happy when that went through, which yeah, again is upsetting because I'm a huge fan of them. I love all the books they do. But I guess, you know, as is the way, so say it he on thy Okay, let's jump into the next one. Pretty much adjacent to the books, I think. Papers should be clean, and we here at Reflex have just that. Clean sheets that are white and not dirty. Of course they're not. If they were dirty, we wouldn't be selling them. We keep these things in reams, and if the paper was dirty, then it would be thicker than other brands, because the goops and dust bumps would make the 500 stack taller, but it ain't taller measure it it's the same size i don't know who started this vicious rumor but the sheets are so clean you could eat a non-wet meal off of it we shouldn't have to defend ourselves like this what's happened to this country we used to be able to sell whatever we wanted without being taken down by these bureaus without speaking with ombudsman day after day royal commissions every other weekend i have chores to do i need to pick up paper bags with one big breadstick poking out from the top and don't get me started on the post office now that's some dirty paper you know what i don't care if i get in trouble i know who started this shit it was that fucking kid in Mernda. Got on their dad's Macintosh and tossed point owned us with a hit piece in the Mernda Gazette. I used to respect the Gazette. But after that display, it seems like anyone who has access to their dad's Macintosh can put out a thousand and one words claiming our paper has bumps and is two centimeters taller than other reams. Oh, did your dad not spring for a laptop with a rear-facing camera, Mernda boy? Could you not include a picture in your fucking bagel with extra schmear? The real two centimeters you should be worried about is the two centimeters of kerning these Mernda Gazette idiots are pumping into their font. I feel like I'm at the optometrist reading this shit. Those letters are playing fucking keep away. What a waste of paper. Good, clean paper. Reflex. It's as clean as this kid's mouth when I get a hold of him. This one's actually an interesting one. This one's an interesting one because this is one of the first instances of a brand deal going south because of the brand. Not in the world, but in terms of me in engaging with other people. This one is entirely not on me. This is entirely on reflex, okay? We were in conversation. We we're having a great time. I was enjoying myself out. And I was enjoying myself out, ultimately. And we were just chatting about the world and everything that's going on in the greater world. And they started talking about and like, I don't want to call anybody out. I don't want to be the person who like does this or whatever. But they started talking about uh, alt and shift keys. And they were talking about, and like, again, I don't want to, I don't want to be the guy who does this, uh, you know, alt control shift, whatnot. They were talking about using the ones on the right side of the keyboard. And immediately, you know, I bite my tongue. I, I go, Alex, you can't 
you know, it's it's another person's opinions, another person's ideas and ideas. Like, it's the other person's position. It's who they are as a person and you can't combat them on these small details. Like, it's who they are, ultimately. But they started talking about, like, hitting the right shift key and then pressing S and pressing Z to go back. And I was like, holy shit. Like, oh, it was the control key. And But they, they, they were talking about the right keys. And it was like, holy shit. Are you kidding me with this? They've reached what they've put in their hand over on the right side of the keyboard to press these. Those keys aren't for use. They're for symmetry. Nobody actually uses those keys. Everybody knows that you press the control key in the bottom left of a keyboard. And because that's how it works. Then you get to use one hand to do all the shit and you don't need to use another hand to press the second key. And so I'm sitting there and we're ordering, you know, we're ordering coffees and whatnot. And they're coming out and they're like, oh, would you like anything? And I'm like... You know what? No, I'm actually good. And this reflex idiot gives me a look like, what do you mean you're not going to get, like, we're going to be here talking for a bit. And they realize, wait, what did I say? And immediately it was obvious what had transpired. They recognize that, hey, maybe this guy is, maybe this guy is one of these left control people. I'm not proud of this. I'm really, I'm like, this is the part that I'm not proud of, but I couldn't continue the conversation until they accepted the fact that the left side made more sense. So I got out my laptop and like they knew what was about to happen. I'm sure this happens on every single time they go out for a coffee and they have one of these meetings is they mention the right keys and somebody brings out a laptop. But I bring out a laptop and I just start typing. I'm like, no, sorry, I just need to send an email real quick. And I press the left control, shift, and alt keys as many times as I can. I'm pressing control to control Z. I'm pressing shift to shift my perspective. I'm pressing control, alt, and then I press 0151 to do an M dash. Or is it alt, zero, five, you know, whatever it is, whatever the code is to do an M dash. And, and they know what I'm doing is I'm really being blunt. I'm hint, I'm, I'm hinting at the idea that there's something wrong with them. And, I, you know, I'm biting my tongue and they're like, okay, what's wrong? What, what's going on? Why are you doing this? And I say, no, 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 nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. I get really high pitched, which is the thing that you do when nothing's wrong. And I say, no, 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 it's all good. You know, I'm doing a good time. Everything's all good. And everything's all good. You know, I'm, I'm happy to keep working with you with Reflex. It's a really good brand deal and I'm really excited to do it. <laughs> and I bolted. I got out of there and... I'm happy that I did because soon the news broke uh, out there in the wider world that Reflex were employing people that were using the right alt control shift keys and the company went under, you know, it's why you haven't heard of Reflex paper. (laughs) It's why they went under is it went out into the world. The Herald Sun Boys put out a headline that said, um, uh, alt think leads to a shift in control. That's pretty good. Alt-think leads to a shift in control. And it was about Reflex dying out and a new Ream Supreme coming in to take over. And yeah. Yeah. So that was the brand deal that kind of fell through. And I'm happy to be out. I'm happy that... Maybe I was allowed to share that now. I feel like everything's kind of in my past now. And yeah. Let's jump into the next one. You need a car that's reliable. A vehicle that will be there through thick and Thin, wheels that turn, doors that open, headlights that illuminate the bloody mare holding a briefcase in a car park. 
An intercom that modifies your voice into a deep growl that screams, Drop the money and go back into your vehicle. Again, doors that open. Headlights that illuminate you as you approach the briefcase. A metal bin falls in the distance. You turn and pause. Squinting, you look out towards a dark figure standing under a street light. You take a step forward. The light flickers on, then off. The figure's gone. Punch, kick, slam into asphalt. You scramble to your feet and charge the shadowy figure, but they grapple you. A car that can handle you being slammed into its side. A glove box that can carry your firearm. A door that sometimes jams. A window that you break, reaching your hand towards the glove box's 9mm pistol. Your finger's nearly there, but alas, the figure drags you out from the vehicle, kicking and screaming. A side mirror that gets smashed to bits as your face is slammed into it. Face into bonnet, into bonnet, into bonnet. Headlights that illuminate your broken and bruised body as you splutter out with gargled blood. Who are you? Only to be met with the call, I am vengeance. Toyota, buy a car that will be there for you through Thick, Thin, and Matt Reeves' Batman, now on Blu-ray. This one hurt not to get. This was a double. This was a. This was the daily double. I had this... I... Uh, Toyota reached out and Toyota were like, look, we're trying to do this big brand deal thing. We know that your audience is probably like comic book obsessed or what have you. And we have this thing. Matt Reeves himself has reached out and he's a big fan of the show. And we want to be able to lump in the release of his Batman film on Blu-ray with, you know, Toyota and everything. And we've come to approach you and we want something that's light and fun and fresh. And this is an instance of, although these copies are usually written by other people and presented to me, this was my own writing. This was me you know, taking up pen, bringing pen to paper and scribing and sending it off. And the notes I got back instantaneously was confusing, ultimately confusing about perspective, about, so we're focusing on the fight from the perspective of the car. I guess that's interesting in a literary sense, but it's confusing as a copy device. It's confusing when people are trying to understand where do I buy the Toyotas? How much do they cost? When, like, Batman, you know, is it on, it's on Blu-ray, but which stores is it available with? Is there coupon codes? Where do I go? Where's the call to action? And I got all these things back to me and it was like, (sighs) I sat there bonnet on head and said, in the smuggest voice I could, I'm not sacrificing my artistic vision to satiate the needs and wants of people who are below the line. I'm sorry, am I conf- am I talking to me doing an impression of Simon Pegg doing Tom Cruise, do- doing Nick Frost, or am, or am I talking to some idiot who's trying to promote Toyotas, who's trying to avoid motor vehicles? I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm confused. I thought you were fucking Christian Bale for a second, but you're not, are you? You're not. You're not. You're not Robbie Patterson. You're not Matt Reeves. You're not anybody who's involved inside the world of this film. You're not actually, like, you don't even, like, on the billing, okay? I'm Alexander Krauss, and who are you? You're what, a pencil pusher? A nine-to-five idiot? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, do you go home every single night and think about, wow, I really did a good job acting in that performance. I'm really looking forward to the premiere. Or do you go home every single night and microwave up a microwave meal, eat it alone on your couch while stroking your dog who's as sad as you are? Okay, and I said that to their face and they were stunned with my veracity. They said, we've never had somebody come in here with so much power and respect for the medium, for the craft. You came in here as if you owned the room. And to that, 
We want to give you more money. We want to give you more chances, more opportunities. You know what? We know we're Toyota, but we want to give you some more chances with other car companies. Let's get Volkswagen on the line. Let's get other films in here. Let's get the Aquaman. Let's get let's get Jason Momoa up in here and he can talk about how he got his scar at the front of a, I'm pretty sure, an improv theater. <laughs> let's get all of these people out here and we're going to get you involved in their personal lives. You're going to be the new scribe. You're going to be doing all the copy. You're going to be doing everything. And I looked them dead in the eyes and said, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I'm not going to be sitting around with a bunch of idiots doing their jobs for them. If you're going to give me a career path, it's going to be me sitting around doing nothing when other people honor me and say, wow, look at the work he's done previously. I want a career where I can coast on something I wrote two years prior and be regarded in high esteem and just go to Comic-Cons and sign shit. And that's the, that's the only writing I do all year is signatures. That's my ultimate goal. And this guy looked me dead in the eyes and said, you know what? That's even better. That's actually exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody who is so confident in who they are as a person, who what they actually want that they can just be in control and consistently bring us a consistent rant. We're previously hired other people like Ezra Miller, who keeps getting in trouble in the news cycle. And we just need somebody who's always going to be the same. If we hired Ezra Miller and straight away he was, you know, assaulting people in Hawaii, then that's fine because he's always been like that. So there's no change. It's like when you hire somebody from the get-go who's problematic, then when they do a problematic thing, it's like, yeah, okay, but we already hired that. We know that's what they're going to do. But once their brand shifts, then it becomes a problem you know so they wanted me to be a piece of shit the entire time at which point i said you know what <laughs> i don't think you get this i don't think you actually understand is that i'm actually a really cool and chill person I, I was insulted i was insulted i was like no i want all the shit i want all the power of being a piece of shit like everybody else inside this field but i want people to also respect me and apparently that's the line Apparently, that's the thing that you cannot get away with is you can be famous, you can get money, you can have a claim, you can have all this other stuff, but you can't have all of that and also have that young boy that's growing up in Melbourne who's trying to look up to their new heroes, their new comedic icons, and for them to say, I respect you because they're not going to respect you because A, you have money, B, you threw up in the Batmobile, and C, you keep writing copy from the perspective of cars and perhaps i am perhaps i'm adding in my own my own uh view on exactly how this entire deal transpired but there was there was one note and it was they brought me on to do this one and then i did one for aquaman that was also also from the perspective of his car and they were like look <laughs> you need to branch out just a little bit more. It can't all be what's happening to the vehicle because we're confused about, you know, about how exactly that works. So, yeah, they let me go. We went on different ways, but we're still on good speaking terms. We still Zoom call every fortnight and they're cool with that, probably. So, yeah, that's that one. And I think I think it's now time to do the final one. And this is this is a big one. This is a big one. Let me talk it up, in case, <laughs> which is always good. And it's never a bad thing to talk something up before you say it because, you know, maybe it doesn't work all together. But let me talk it up. This one is the big one. This was a big brand deal for me. It meant a lot to me before I jumped into it. A lot to me. This was one of those deals that I've always wanted since I was a wee boy growing up in Melbourne, looking at my comedic icons, is I wanted to be able to be inside this field. Even, even before I wanted to, like, do podcasting or whatever, I thought, 
if anything, I just want to be involved. I want to be working in that building. I want to be working with these people. I want to be involved in their entire structuring. I want to be a part of their workforce, their nine to five, their day to day. And so this was a really big deal for me. So without further ado, here is the final copy pitch. Thud, thud, thud. Is that the sound of Godzilla's feet approaching slowly from the Tokyo shoreline? Is that the sound of a father banging on the door of a reckless daughter's bedroom? Is that the sound of Spider-Man slamming through three cement pillars as he's tricked by the dastardly Mysterio? How could you possibly know without seeing? Sound can only do so much, and we here at Specsavers know that more than anyone. This year alone, we've lost six people to preventable false Godzilla equivalencies. Continuously, year after year, around six people think that Godzilla is attacking and form a spontaneous escape trajectory that permits the use of dangerous stunts and acrobatics that they can reason in their head as necessary in juxtaposition to being squashed by Godzilla's big feet or decaying in the creature's radiation. Speaking of, took about a hat on a hat, the guy's already a big lizard, Japan. Do they need an aura of death? Like, people get pissy about Superman having too many powers, but him standing next to Lex Luthor doesn't end the fight immediately. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Specsavers is offering glasses at a two-for-one rate. Not offer, rate. So for every two glasses, there is one. Like, in total. If you buy two, for instance, expect one. If you buy one, we round it up, so you're good. So I'd recommend three. I know it's confusing in a physical, mathematical, and general sense, but it's just how the factory makes them. Specsavers. You'll be seeing double, which in our case, means one. Yeah, so as I was mentioning, this was a big one for me. When I was a young boy, I remember looking up and thinking, you know what it means to be smart? You know what it means to be somebody who's successful? You know what it means to be somebody who's on the cover of magazines that people say, you know, wow, I'd like to have the physique of that individual. Wow, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to uh, hunk off a slice of that Gouda. You know, and it's people with glasses is I look up to them. I say, look, you've got refined sand on your eyes. You are the chosen one. You've got everything a person could want, everything a person could need. I bleed to be in the need of your seat. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I want to be with you. I want to be conversing with you. I want to be revolving around your door, okay? Around your gravitational pull. I want to be involved. And so when I was a young boy, I was devastated. We did some eye tests. I sat down, they said, say these letters. And I didn't know, I didn't know how you got the glasses. So I was like, okay, I assume I have to pass this test with flying colors. So I cheated in any way that I could. I had reflecting mirrors. I had little telescopes. I had, you know, like government secret technology that allowed me to uh, you know, look at the numbers through my mind's eye. I got, you know, I got the powers of Xavier, uh, what's his name? And I could like go into their mind palace and, you know, talk to them in the white void and figure out what letters were there. And I was looking at them and I was like, A, J, P, Q, S. And I said every single letter up on that board. And I was like, there is no way I'm not getting those shiny new pair of specs. I'm so excited. I've been waiting so long for this. And they gave me this look like, well, you're a mate, like your vision is so good. Great, okay, give me the glasses. Next thing I know, I'm being given a lollipop and escorted out of the building. <laughs> escorted. I didn't walk out, I got escorted. They were so happy with me that I got a praise. I got, I got, I got, I got praise. I got Guinness World Records. I got everything a boy could want. I'm like, okay, now that this must be the time where I get the glasses. 
Turns out what you're supposed to do is actually fail the test to get the glasses. So little did I know, young boy, trying his best to make it big in the big city, I've actually done the wrong thing. And now I'm at, left out in the dark. I'm out on the streets like a rabid dog. I got nothing to my name. I've got these eyes that altogether actually aren't even that good. But because I cheated my way there, now I can't actually have the glasses. And what more, now people see me as the person with the best eyesight in the world. And me being pictured with glasses means I'm something less than. So from that point onwards, I vowed that one day I'd be able to escape the idea of myself as the individual with the perfect eyes who cannot actually wear glasses. And one day I can get involved back in that sphere to just be able to be involved in spec savers, to be involved with the glasses and just, <sighs> to even just work in a sunglass hut would honestly go a long way. So spec savers reached out. Uh, well, I reached out to Specsavers. Uh, yeah, I reached out to Specsavers and I was like, look, I know that I shouldn't be promoting you. I know that my previous stuff and everything, but I know that I'm seen as the person with the perfect vision, but maybe that's something we can do with a brand deal. Maybe we can do something about me being the perfect vision guy. And then, you know, like, oh, I only got this good because of Specs. Specsavers actually showed, you know, something like that. And, you know, they gave me this copy. I started reading it and... Here's obviously where the problem happened is I was, this, this is the one that I really got far with is I was actually recording an episode and reading this off and there was a Specsavers savers representative in the room to make sure that their brand image was maintained. And I started reading this off and let me tell you, my eyes really gave out in this moment. I, I was trying to be the perfect, perfect vision boy. I was trying to be the one who could see everything. And I started reading this going false Godzilla equivalencies. And I just, I, I, I couldn't actually read it out. I didn't know what words were forming. I didn't know what was being said. I couldn't see the page. And they thought I was doing some sort of bit, some sort of joke. They're like, oh yeah, this is a comedic podcast and you're doing all this various stuff. But here's the thing. <sighs> if you can't read the copy, you don't get the gig. If you can't read the copy, you don't get the change. You don't get the money. You don't get the acclaim. You don't get the the women and the cars and the Toyotas um, that are being smashed by Batman. You don't get anything you actually want if you can't see any of the words. So Specsavers said they can't do it anymore. They pulled out. The deal kind of went through. And soon my image was tarnished, which is exactly what I originally wanted. But now... What did I have to my name? I didn't have the Specsavers deal. I didn't have anything. Um, I can't step foot back into one of the establishments to actually get a pair of glasses. So my eyes are fucked and people won't see me because I'm a traitor now to the uh, eyesight, you know, eyesight world. Everything, you know, it went out in the news that I cheated on my original eye test, that my, you know, my Guinness World Records were stripped from me. You know, Ripley's, Ripley's said, we, we actually don't believe it is we said, believe it or not, and we're like, not, not, not for this guy. This guy's actually a big old not. And they stamped that down onto my form, red letters, N-O-T with a big stamp. <sighs> and yeah, so that was kind of the big one. I lost everything that I could have had. <laughs> and I'm blind as a dog, you know, I can't see anything and... I can't get any prescriptions. I can't get anything. And that's cool. That's fine because I don't need it because guess what? Ultimately, who's letting me do their copies anymore? It's certainly not Toyota. It's certainly not Specsavers. It's certainly not any of these other things that I can't remember. It's not Reflex, you know? It's not, uh, what is this one? Penguin Publishing. It's not Bring, Bring, Bring. What was that one? Bring, Bring, Bring. Wallace and Gromit. I can't remember. Dodo. <laughs> Dodo. It's just the way that it is. It's just the way that it is. And I think that's pretty much the whole episode. So, you know, look, I, I gave you a full overview 
of some behind the scenes of how the copy pitching works. And it was really fun revisiting this one. It was fun revisiting this one. I think any chance that I get to write something for the show is an opportunity to show off. I think you, I think you hear some of this copy and you're like, wow. That's actually really fucking cool. It's kind of like it's kind of like somebody should employ me to write stuff, you know. It, uh, but I mean, I understand why they wouldn't. My tone is always sarcastic and stupid. So, like, if you're gonna hire me to like do descriptions of a Kmart object, you know, you gonna you gonna get a lot of weird ones. You know, you like describe this mower, and I'm like, it's more of a shower, as in showing off their grass. Okay, Gra- uh, <laughs> yes, grass or ass. This mower's got you covered from a full 360 angle. Mow up a good one and mow them up nice because your lawn's getting completely shorn with this sheep of a mower. And that's that's <laughs> that's the description. Maybe I should do one of product descriptions because that could be fun. That's such a fun episode. I'm going to do that at some point. Um, yes, that was the whole episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Like, favorite, subscribe. Uh, do everything you do at the end from another production, but for this one. This week, you're going to share this with anybody who's involved inside the marketing realm who can actually get me an inroad to be able to get some more companies involved with the production. Ultimately, what we're trying to get is revenue sources. Ultimately, what we're trying to get is to create a podcast environment where people are so satisfied with the production, with the content, with what's on, what, what, what I'm saying and what's happening, that they want to financially support me, to keep me afloat, to keep me stable, <laughs> to keep me stable. Ultimately, you should be able to, you're trying to keep me in check, is I want one company who can step in and say, okay, he's okay. Like they step out of the, they step out of the doctor's office and I'm in there and they're like, don't worry, he's fine. I want to have somebody there that, you know, is there from Telstra and they step out of the room and like, okay, he's okay. We gave him a brand deal and he's going to be all right. And people give out a sigh of relief. Like, okay, he honestly really needs that. (laughs) He honestly needs the validation of a large scale corporation giving him monetary incentives to continue to be a, you know, a stupid piece of shit. And that's always been the goal. That's always been the goal. Um, we, we are really we are really coming up on the anniversary episode. I'm still not entirely sure what I want to do for it. So if you have any ideas or anything at all, please reach out. You know, send all the stuff that needs to be done. It'd actually be really good if maybe somebody else could do it. Like... <laughs> okay. If you want to send me an entire episode of this show that you've recorded and you just you just do the anniversary, I'll air it. You've done it. Thank you so much. You can be bigtoolboys at gmail.com. I'll throw it out. I say this as a joke. I say this as a joke. If it's good enough, yeah, I'll do it. There is potential that somebody does send something in and there's an awkward conversation that has to happen where I look over it. I'm like, there's no way I'm hearing that. But if you do send me something, I'll at least play some of it. I'll, I'll at least play some of it. I'm probably not going to air a 40-minute thing that you send me. But if you send me something, you're definitely going to get airtime, okay? As long as you're not just spewing off garbage for like 40 minutes. But I mean, that's this show. That's this show, ultimately. Who am I to judge? For he is the one who has the first stone. He shall throw it. Is that how that goes? He who has the first stone shall throw it? I mean, if you have the stone, you might as well throw... If you have the stone, you might as well throw. That's always been my saying. Anyway, I think we're pretty much good to go. So um, play us out with this song and everybody's having a good time and enjoy your week. I hope you have a good one. Play the song. Um, Hi, can I get a big tall boy? <laughs>